0: Drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. With that, I'd like to invite Pastor Ray to give us our message. Thanks, Brian. Good evening. I want to start by praying again. Lord, be with us now as we dive into your word and different passages in your scriptures about why we sing to you. Lord, it is by your grace that we know you and is out of, of abundance and a thankful heart that we sing praises to you. Be with us now as we study your word. Allow us not just to hear it for today, but have it etched in our souls for the days to come. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Singing is a unique part of being human. It is a way that God reflects his creativity by giving us tunes, uh, different sound pitches, vibrations, and noises that can be used for our delight and for us to enjoy, but ultimately to glorify our God. Many songs throughout history have been written about God and written to God, and good songs that are Christ-honoring, Christ-exalting, Christ-centered, lifts the soul and brings the believer to love our God more in the old testament the very first time the word sing appears is in exodus 15 and in that particular passage the israelites sang because god delivered them from the bondage of slavery in 1 samuel 18:16 the people of israel sang and rejoicing because david killed goliath and they were singing and they were dancing and they were rejoicing in the lord because god use David, this little shepherd boy, to deliver them from Goliath. We have an entire book in the Old Testament called the Psalms, and it's written so that we can sing to the Lord. In the book of Psalms, the the word sing is used at minimum 70 times. And it's different way, and in that book, there are different ways to express gratitude gratitude to our Lord and to declare the greatness of our God. And even in the minor prophets, in Zephaniah 3.17, it seems to indicate that one day in the future, one day when, when in heaven, God will lead a choir of his people as they sing to him because they are with him for all of eternity. In the New Testament, we see that singing is something that our, our Savior did. In Matthew 26 and Mark 14:26, after the Passover lamb, after they celebrate the Passover for the very last time, it's said that Jesus sang hymns with the apostles, with the rest of the disciples. And in Revelation, Revelation 14:3, we see a group of the redeemed Israelites, the 144,000, that are singing together a song that has never been heard before. And it's a song that's given to them and is unique to this group of people. But they are singing to God. And in Revelation fifteen three, we see that there are multitudes of multitudes of people singing in heaven. Heaven is, is not a place where there will be any evangelism. Heaven will not be a place where we'll be studying Scripture. Heaven will not even be a place where we'll have preaching. But heaven will have singing. Heaven is a place that will be filled and loaded with joyful tunes. Music is a powerful tool. Great songs written by great saints can take us to the throne of grace. In reality, there are two types of songs in this world. There are songs that will make you look up to the Lord and make you look towards heaven. There are are songs in this world that will make you desire the things of the world. That make you want to just wait for heaven. It's like delay heaven for a little bit longer. Singing is a unique part of the Christian life. It is unique to Christianity. I would argue that the the Bible is the only sacred religious text that actually commands people to sing. Hinduism does not tell you that you need to sing to anything. Buddhism does not tell you to sing to Buddha. Even in the Quran, it does not tell you to sing to Allah. Christians are given skills and tools to craft music and fuses it with biblical, saturated lyrics to awaken the soul to spiritual realities. Singing songs like these are unique to the Christian life. And we're not just a group of people that just listen to other people sing. We We are commanded to sing ourselves. This is what Ephesians 5 comes in. When we think about Oh, well, our, the book of Ephesians is about where, what we're supposed to be. This is the so what portion of the book. Remember, the first, remember a few weeks ago, I taught on the unity of the church. And, it's, and I, I mentioned how in the first three chapters, when we understand our own salvation, it should compel us to live a certain way. It should compel us to live in a manner that's worthy of our profession. And then when it gets to chapter 5 in this particular passage, Paul tells them to sing. Verse 18 of chapter 5 in Ephesians. And do not get drunk with wine, that dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul commands them to be sober-minded, to think critically and biblically, to be in control by the Spirit, to sing and do things for the Lord. I would argue that when we think about the charismatic movements, if you look at how they do their worship, it is oftentimes diluting their mind, and it's filled with... Not the Spirit. To feel the things that are demonically influenced. It is not centered around Christ, but centered around the flesh. Being the Spirit means that you do everything that is pleasing to the Lord. Because you are living a life that Christ would live. It's faithfully living like our Savior. Being controlled by the Spirit means that you act and think the way Christ would act and think. While being controlled by wine leads a person to forego the new life that they have in Christ. We're called to be filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 19. Verse 19 tells Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. A person that is filled with the Spirit will produce spiritual-filled songs. This first category, speaking to one another in Psalms, It's not to say we just open the Book of Psalms and we're reading it to one another. Although that is something that we're commanded to, just to read Scripture out loud, to do a public reading of Scripture. But in this particular phrase, the word "speaking" in the Greek is laleo, which is a automanoplia. It's, it's supposed to show. It's supposed to sound like a little baby when they are just babbling when they say things like "la la la." It's often used to describe a baby and their, and their little chirp and, or little noises that they make, and also to, to describe birds when they're chirping. And notice that it's Psalms. It's the Old Testament book, but it's put into music. The book of Psalms was designed so that people can be inspired to sing and write songs about our God. But it's also used in general sense to just talk about any type of spiritual song. Notice the next one. Speak to one another in Psalms and hymns. Hymns. This isn't like what we think of hymns, like old-school hymns. In fact, there are people in really fundamental churches that actually think that way. That's, look, the Bible uses hymns, therefore we must use hymns. It's like, no, Paul was not there. He wasn't singing songs that Martin Luther wrote. But there are some people that think that way. This word hymn means basically any song that is loaded with religious context and, uh, and, and religious content is any type of song that exalts God the Father, any type of song that highlights the greatness of the Son, any type of song that praises the work of the Spirit. These are what hymns are. These are the things that makes us sing. When it's loaded with these type of truths, it should be centered around our triune God. Notice this next one, spiritual songs. These are songs that express new life. It shows God's work in the believer. It's a broad-range category that, that expresses spiritual truth in the life of the believer. Next portion, next phrase. Notice it's singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. And this phrase, singing, is exactly that. It's just Singing, holding on to a a note when you're singing and making melodies, putting those little words into a particular motion and putting into tune. But you do all of these with your heart, fully devoted to the Lord. And it's interesting that Paul said that it's with your whole heart to the Lord. It doesn't mention anything about singing with a perfect pitch. I have a pastor friend that I love and adore. I love his preaching. Uh, his preaching style is amazing. I love the fact that he preaches like, a whole range of scriptures. I, I look up to him as a pastor. But for years, I have never heard him sing. And a few years after I met him, he was pastoring at his church in DC, and I, I finally was able to worship with him in the, in the a Sunday morning service. And when he opened his mouth, I was discouraged because he was terrible like, this is my mentor. This guy can't sing. But then I find myself having to repent quickly because Psalm 98 tells us to just make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't say you have to have a perfect pitch or that you have to be an amazing singer. Just make a joyful noise to the Lord. So I looked at him and was like, okay, he's, just, he's making a joyful noise at least. And, I was, and, I, and you know, I'm sure some of you guys are the same, where you may not be able to hold a note, and that's okay. Just remember, Psalm 98 tells you to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Some of you guys are not gifted that way, and and that should motivate us to look towards heaven, right? We go, oh, one day I can sing like the angels. But until then, you anticipate and you hope. (laughs) This passage here that Paul mentioned doesn't specify any particular style. This verse just gives us general guidelines on what we need, or general guidelines and principles on what type of songs that we need to sing. It's all about content, Content and doing it wholeheartedly for the Lord is what the Lord desires of us. I remember when I was in seminary when they talked about what are the reasons why churches split. And one of the reasons why church split is over music. Over the style of music. Oh, we, we don't like drums. We don't like guitars. I know there's like drums and guitars here. Like, but there's some people, that we have to have no instruments. Some people only choir robes. And, it, you know, there's like people will divide churches over these things. And yet, biblically, it doesn't talk about what a worship service should look like. It just gives us general guidelines on what the songs should be. We are supposed to just sing songs that are pleasing to the Lord. So, what does that look like? What are some of the examples that we have in Scripture? Well, I'm going to actually go- jump, I'm going to invite all of you to jump over to the book of Psalms, because that's the book of, of different songs that we have, and there's like 150 of them. So, we're just going to go over a few of them, just to draw some biblical principles and biblical reasons why Christians sing. So, if you, uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn over to Psalm, we'll start with chapter nine. We're going to jump over to seven different Psalms, just to, just to pick out some of the some of the reasons why Christians sing. Now that, now that I'm going to the book of Psalms, there's a lot of them going, there's a lot of Psalms, a lot of details in all of them. I'm not going to go through every little nuance, but I'm just going to just kind of summarize it and just give you the big principle, the big pictures of it, uh, so that we can um, you know, get through all the text. Otherwise, we'll be here forever and my child would cry like crazy. So, then, for our outline this morning, seven reasons why Christians sing. Here are seven reasons. Why Christians sing. Our first point is to remember God's goodness. We find this, find this in Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Notice, for the choir director on Muthalabin, a psalm of David. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I, t- I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad exult in you. I will sing Praise to your name, O Most High. This is a thanksgiving psalm. It's a type of psalm that 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 forces the believer to be thankful to the Lord for who He is and what He has done. And you'll notice that His I will tell, I will tell, I will sing. These are all continuous. It's nonstop. He is constantly doing these things. He's constantly praising and singing to the Lord. It's, it shows an admiration. He adores God because of who he is and what he has done for him. He's noticed that God's goodness in his life and he sings to the Lord. And I think this is one of the most basic reasons of why we sing to God. We sing to the Lord because we know that our God is good. We're to sing because we remember the goodness of God in our lives. Christians sing daily because we are rescued. And the greatest reason, and that is the greatest reason to sing, you're filled with gratitude, you're filled with adoration for what God has done for us. You look in history, if you look at just the media or the radio, you'll notice that there are many poetry and love songs that are written to describe how much one person loves another person. They, they talk about what they've done for them and how they smell, how they look like, all of these little sappy things, but yet people write millions and millions of songs. I've heard that like 95% of songs is about love. How much more is it for us as Christians when we sing about God's goodness? How much more is it for us to sing about our God? We sing because of God's goodness towards us. That's the first reason. We sing because we remember God's goodness. Our second reason, we sing because we want to respond to God's grace. Turn over to Psalm 13. Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6. I'm going to read this one because it's a little bit shorter. Psalm 13, for the choir director, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day long? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? David here is struggling because there are enemies attacking him. And he feels that God is somehow, he feels that God is not active in his life, but yet he's pleading, he's asking God these questions. When will God act? Verse 3, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. Again, he's talking about the fears that he have. The, 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 the fear that people will, that his enemies will, will rejoice over his defeats. He's afraid that his enemies will rejoice over the fact that Yahweh did not protect David. Be a look at verse 5. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. David is being hunted down, but yet he still thanks God for his grace towards him. Even though things in life are really difficult, he is still thankful to the Lord because he knows that he is right with God. He knows, he trusts in God's loving kindness, his covenant love. Better to be right with God and have a terrible and horrible life than to have a great life and to be separated from God for all of eternity. This is why in chapter in verse 5 he talks about how he trusts, he trusted in God's loving kindness. He's thankful for God's grace. I, I use the word loving kindness and grace interchangeably because I think they're the same term. If you understand God's love for you, his loving kindness, his love towards you, the, the undeserving love that he has towards us, you'll see that that's a parallel to grace. And he understands God's grace and he's thankful for that. We too echo what David said. We sing because we are reminded of God's grace. God, uh, good songs cause us to respond with thankfulness, Because of God's grace, no matter how bad our life is, we sing knowing we can rejoice in God's grace. Singing is a form of responding to the spiritual realities in our lives. Not only do we sing because we remember God's goodness or we sing to respond to God's grace, but we also sing to reflect upon God's power. Move over to Psalm 21. Psalm 21 is a royal psalm. and What a royal psalm means is that it is written by a king for future kings. It is designed so that other kings after him will know God's power. David wrote this particular psalm so that Solomon will be able to know that what God has done for him. For all the future kings to know, to trust in God, in to reflect on God's power, it's designed so that future kings know that they are in the land because God has placed them there, that they are safe because God has, is protecting them. God removed the enemies, God protected them, and God fought for them. And it's because of all of these truths that they're supposed to reflect back on God's power. Notice verse 1, O oh Lord, in your strength the king will be glad. And in your salvation, how greatly he will rejoice! You have given him his desire, his heart's desire, and you have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. And he goes on to describe how God has given them, giving them blessing and salvation, and it causes them to rejoice. Verse six: For you have make him most blessed forever. You have make him joyful with gladness in your presence. Verse seven: For the king trusts in the Lord and. And through the loving kindness of the Most High, he will not be shaken. And it is through all of these reflecting about how God's power and swallowing up the enemies and destroying those who despise God. I guess the very end of, the verse, of verse 13, be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. They are to sing about God's power. That they they and because of God's power, they do not need to worry if the king is faithful to the Lord and trusting in his power, there's nothing that they need to be afraid of. And like us for us, we sing to reflect upon God's power as well. Some songs come some songs causes us to reflect on how powerful our God is, and it gives our soul rest. It calms our hearts. Good songs that elevate the power of God will, re, will reinvigorate your heart and God's power in all circumstances of life. If you are afraid of evangelism, it's a good Christ-centered song will, will propel you to go and declare God's truth. When you are struggling with sin, God, there are good godly songs will cause you to be more motivated to fight and overcome sin. Good, great, Good and powerful songs... About a powerful God will cause you to trust in Him more, and you'll be unmoved by the circumstances and storms of life. Not only are we to sing because to reflect upon God's power, but the fourth point we sing to reinforce God's truth. Move over to Psalm 59. Psalm 59, verse 16 and 17. But as for me, I shall sing of your, of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning, for you have been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. O oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you, for God is my stronghold. The God who shows me loving kindness. This is another psalm by David. He's praying again for God to deliver him, to bring him to safety. In this chapter, he he talks about how he's being hated again for his devotion to the Lord. And he pleads with God to judge these sinners rightly. He wants God to act. He wants God to show these enemies who he is. Yet, even though he's going through tough times, even though things are hard, verse 16, 17 tells us he dwells on truth. He trusts in God's truth. He prays and he sings, and those reinforce his mind of biblical truth. Again, that's why we sing as well. We sing to reinforce truth that's in Scripture. When you sing truth, truth sticks to your mind. I have a little baby, and we're playing these little Christian songs in hopes that she will have God's Word hidden in her heart. But the secondary effect of not only just to make her fall asleep, but we're actually learning some of these truths ourselves. We're being reminded and reinforced of God's truth. When you sing good and godly songs, it will, it will, it will cause you to change. It will cause you to seek and believe more in God's truth. A wise listener of Christian song is attentive and sees how the lyrics help them reinforce God's truth. John Piper said that it is a weird, it's strange for, for the non believers to come into church. It's really strange for them to see why Christians always sing and preach. It's like this constant cycle of like we, we, we preach God's word and then we sing about God. We preach God's word and we sing about God. That's like that with all churches and even like biblical and like Christian conferences. Yet they work together to help us know and know truth better. Preaching and singing both teach and reinforce truth. And that what I love about our church is that we sing songs that are theologically saturated. And it's good ways for us to learn truth. It's a good way for us to learn theology. We want to sing truth because it helps us remember things about the Lord. And there are times when you may not have your Bible, but there are certain tunes that you remember that remind you of God. So we sing songs in our church because it's to help reinforce truth. Next is, not only does it help us reinforce truth, but also recharges the discouraged soul. Psalm 67. Sorry, Psalm 63. My handwriting is terrible. Psalm 63, verse 6 to 8. Psalm 63, this is again another psalm by David. And he talks about thirsting and yearning for the Lord. You notice in the beginning, verse 0 of Psalm 60, the little header there, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Verse six, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I shall sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. David here is struggling. He's, He's in the wilderness, yet he is comforted by truth. He finds relief in God and in God alone. Yet, even, in he, even though he's sleeping in the wilderness, he's lifting hands and singing praises to the Lord. He describes how his soul can only be satisfied in God, just like how a person can be physically satisfied with food. In verse 6 to 8, he reflects on what God has done and how the Lord helped him. And in hard times, David sings to help him Be satisfied in God again. It is in those hard times that he sings to the Lord so that he can get through these trials. And so it is for you and I. During desperate times, we need to be recharged. During times that's really difficult, again, life is filled with them. Life is filled with difficulties. Sometimes the right song with the right words loaded with the right truth can help recharge a thirsty soul. Songs have a unique way of helping people cope and endure during trials. Some of you guys know the song, It Is Well With My Soul. This person, the art the, the person who penned this, Horatio Spatford. he wrote this song after his family, uh, he was in America and in Europe, his, 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 the rest of the family was in Europe, and they were trying to get to him. And on the boat right there, their entire boat sank. And he lost his entire family. And he eventually went to the general location where his family died. And when he looked into the sea, he penned, It Is Well. Many many other saints after him have been blessed because of this song. Many other saints during the most difficult time look to this song and said, It Is Well, in light of their difficult circumstances. So that's why we sing because it helps recharge the discouraged soul. Not only that, but our six points to rejoice in God's character. Psalm ninety-two. Psalm ninety-two is a song that is unknown psalmist, but is written for a song on a Sabbath day. They're supposed to rejoice during the time of rest. Notice in the verse four verses, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by nights. With the ten string lutes and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hand. The, song, the psalmist here highlights just one of God's attributes. He gives. Thanks and he praises God. He calls him the Most High. And it's just throughout this Psalm, he directs he, he, he's thankful for God's faithfulness and his loving kindness. He's thinking about God's character day and night. He's reflecting upon him and it makes his heart glad. He sings of the joy that God has shown him in the past, because he know that God will continue to show himself in the future. And we sing because we rejoice in the character of God. No matter how great of a theologian you are, you'll never exhaust the understanding of God's, or any of God's attributes. Some songs will help you learn and relearn more about him, and some may even help you have a better clarity of certain attributes of God. Good song shows us the beauty of God's character. Not only do we sing to rejoice in God's character, but lastly, we rejoice because we want to Resound in thanksgiving. We want to resound in thanksgiving. Psalm 100. Our last psalm that we're going to go to tonight. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. This psalmist here is singing the song of thanksgiving because of who he is. He's singing joyfully because God has created him. He's singing joyfully because he, because Yahweh is our creator and he is thankful that he is created by God. One of the Questions in the past, and historians always argue, what is the chief end of man? And it is to delight and enjoy God. And what that means is that people are made so that we can enjoy Him, that we can delight in God. Now, if a non believer heard that, they'll think, oh, that's so narcissistic of the Lord. But when you think about how, when you think about this way, it's like if a rich person just gives money to someone, you wouldn't think that the person that just gives you the rich, the rich person gives you money. Oh, like millions and millions of dollars, you won't think to yourself, oh, that guy is so selfish and so ego-centered. You'll, you, you won't think that way because you'll think, oh, how generous this person is. When you think of a musician, a violinist that plays beautifully, you don't think to yourself, oh, well, that guy is such a, a narcissistic person. No, you think, oh, this person is, is doing something great. He, he's, he's, we get to enjoy music or or painter a person who or artist who paints a really lovely painting you wouldn't think to yourself oh what a self-centered individual you would think oh what a great artist you think oh what a great person for allowing us to see to to enjoy this painting well god is the best for humans god has is the best thing for all of humanity he made us so that we can enjoy him he made us so that we can experience the richness of his love, so we can experience the communion that we can have with this great God. And we and should cause us to sing in thanksgiving, knowing that we are his, we belong to him, that Christ died on the cross so that we wretched sinners can rejoice and be with him for all of eternity. We sing because we are thankful. We sing because he is. For all that he has done for us, and we sing because we're thankful that we can know him. He's given us an opportunity to know him and to delight in him for all of eternity. Song and music is, uh, is, a, is a way for believers to be creative in our appreciation for our God. And we glorify God when we love him more through the things that we sing about him. Songs are a powerful tool. And it's grace from our God to know and delight in him more. As we continue to be part of the church body, we sing not because it's part of the program. It's not just something that we do. It's not just like, okay, we have a group of singers and we just want them to sing. We We have a bunch of preachers and we want them to preach. No, every single aspect of a worship service is supposed to point you to truth. This will point you to something about our God. And when we sing, it's supposed to make us think about our Lord. And in a lot of ways, the songs that we sing is really the true introduction to the sermon. It's supposed to lead us to to learn and be focused on God's word. The whole service is supposed to teach us something about the Lord. And my hope in this message is that you will think more critically about the songs and, and the song lyrics and sing with your heart that's filled with the Spirit to our great God. We're going to do something different tonight. We're actually going to sing some songs. Uh, So I want to invite Vincent up, and we're going to, as a way to respond to our great God, we're going to sing a set of songs to him. I think it's a good way to apply what we know. Um, Yeah, and it's great because we get to have a privilege to sing to him because, and again, this is something we will do not just in this life, but also in heaven. So as Vincent gets ready, let me close our time in studying scripture in prayer. Lord, we're thankful for your word and the songs that you've allowed so many great saints in the past to to craft and create. Um, Lord, we know that you've worked in their hearts through your word so that they can write songs that can make us focus on the things to come and to focus on how great you are. Lord, I pray now as we sing songs to you that we don't sing mindlessly and aimlessly, but we sing with a purpose, that we sing out of a grateful heart, out of a thankful heart for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, be with us now as we sing joyfully to you. We pray these things in your son's name.